Wednesday, May 9, 2018. This is Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson, and this is episode 100. We did it. 100 episodes of the Born the Battle. Such a cool milestone to get to. This is going to be a three-episode week. On Monday, we had the benefits breakdown, talking about homeless programs brought to by the Veterans Health Administration here at VA. On Friday, we'll be talking to uh, a gentleman that works at a vet center down in San Antonio, talking about the benefits of vet centers, and that'll be sort of a, uh, a nod to Public Service Recognition Week. Today, celebrating episode 100, we are going to meet Bruce Silverglade, who is the owner and operator of Gleason's Gym up in in Brooklyn, New York. Gleason's has been in the Newark area for decades. Uh, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, plenty of other champions have trained there. Bruce is a Vietnam War era veteran. And after he left the military, he became owner of Gleason's Gym and now has a program at his gym where veterans at a local through the local VA facility can get free boxing training at his gym. So we're going to meet Bruce, learn about his service, learn about uh, how he got into the boxing world and became owner of Gleason's Gym, and then we're going to meet the other characters that uh, that are part of this story that is this boxing program. So um, all of this was recorded in a boxing gym, so you're going to hear the sounds of treadmills and punching bags and everything that would be going on in a boxing gym. Um, for, so let's first hear from Bruce on how he ended up in the military after his original draft deferral had expired. Okay, uh, I was going to college at, in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, uh, and I was married and had a child. Uh, and this was back in 1967, and um, my deferment was uh, a father's deferment. And then President uh, Johnson came along and decided uh, that there would be only one type of deferment. You couldn't uh, go from a father's deferment to a, a student's deferment or, or whatever. Uh, so, uh, I'm sorry, I had a student's deferment, I was a student. And, but I had gotten married and, uh, and had a child, um, and the, uh, the draft was going on. And uh, when, when the uh, president decided that there was only going to be one type of de uh, deferment, I, I stayed with my student deferment. So the fact that I became a father uh, would, would not let me have a father's deferment. So I graduated in 1968, and shortly after I was, I was drafted, um, and I was sent to um, Fort Campbell, Kentucky for basic training. Uh, which was uh, very cold. It was in January, very cold. I remember the, uh, the ranges uh, lying in the snow and, and freezing. Um, I also remember uh, lining up in, in long lines of, of guys with white shirts on and, and, and shorts uh, getting shots and, and the uh, sergeant saying, don't worry, you don't get sick from the cold weather. I said, okay, but he, they were right. We never got sick, but boy, uh, it, it, was, uh, it was funny to see uh, guys falling out from uh, getting the shots in the long lines. Um, but then after a, a series of tests, uh, one of the sergeants came over to me and said uh, uh, I was eligible to go to officer school if I wanted to. And I said, absolutely. And, you know, it's a night and day. It's a, such a difference between a, being an enlisted man and being a, an officer. Uh, so I was fortunate and I went to officer school in uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and uh, became an artillery officer. And my specialty uh, was nuclear weapons. Uh, so I was working on, on howitzers and small batteries, uh, but um, 
Uh, I was a, a specialist in uh, nuclear weapons, and fortunately, uh, we didn't use nuclear weapons in uh, in Vietnam. So I uh, stayed stateside for uh, my uh, my term, and that was back in '68. And then uh, after the active duty, uh, I spent a couple of years in the re in the reserves, and I was discharged in uh, I believe it was 1974 as a lieutenant. Now, Bruce enjoyed his time in the military, uh, even during some uncomfortable situations. I enjoyed the experience uh, immensely. Um, I'm not sure, uh, we, we may have to go through a couple stories, but the one that, <laughs> that just blew my mind, uh, I, w I was flown from, uh, from New York to, uh, uh, to Kentucky, uh, went to, to early in, in uh, basic training, and I was probably one of the first guys to, uh, to reach the barracks and just sitting around waiting for, for everybody else to come in and start to work. So now as the fellows were coming in, uh, I was the only one from New York. And the fellows are coming in, they're talking to me and it, it became uh, obvious uh, through a conversation that I was Jewish. And the fellows from the hills were coming in and saying, well, where are your horns? And then they're looking at me and they really thought that, that Jewish fellows had horns. And I, and even though he enjoyed his time in, Bruce did not re-enlist. He decided to get out and soon found himself in the world of boxing. I never had a, a, a problem uh, being Jewish. Uh, everybody got along, so there was never any anti-Semitism uh, or, or anything like that. Uh, but it was just the fact that they they were had never seen a Jew and, and thought that, that me being Jewish had horns. And that's, that's one of my funniest stories, I think. Uh, I never had any, any problems. I, I enjoyed the service. Uh, and what I realized right away uh, was that if you um, mind your, your P's and Q's and uh, just said yes to everybody, you would get along uh, and not get any of the bad assignments because there were enough uh, goof-offs in, in, the, in the unit to, uh, to take over the uh, KP duty whenever it was uh, required. I highly recommend uh, the military for anybody. It's a great experience. Um, they, uh, they pay for everything. You, you get uh, your medical, you get your food, you get your housing, and they fly all around the world and they teach you a trade. So uh, the, the United States military is, uh, is the best organization there is. Yeah, and uh, you know, so uh, I, didn't, I did not re-up. Um, when I was going to school uh, at Gettysburg, uh, when I graduated uh, before, being enlist, uh, before being drafted in, um, I went to work for Sears Roebuck and Company. They, they were hiring. Back then in the 60s, corporations used to go to the campuses and, and recruit people. Uh, so I was recruited by, uh, by Sears, uh, and I was fortunate because I, I worked for them for, uh, uh, I guess, about seven months before uh, I was called in. And because of that, uh, Sears um, paid um, the difference between my military pay and my, uh, my civilian pay, and they made up the difference. So, I mean, I, I was married and had a child. Uh, I, I think my, uh, my monthly pay was 50 bucks, okay, uh, back then. And, uh, you know, that's kind of stretching it when you have a child and, and, and a wife. Uh, but fortunately, uh, Sears was a great corporation, and they paid the difference. So uh, financially, I was okay. And I had a career with, uh, with Sears, um, and I, I actually stayed with them for 16 years. Uh, so, uh, you know, I had a career, I had a family, so I, I did not uh, re-up in the military. So uh, after I got out of the military, uh, and I, I was, went back to Sears, uh, and the reason why I went to Sears was because they came to the campus, they recruited me, they had a good, uh, a good salary, it was a, a very good corporation. It was actually back then in 1968, it was the number one corporation in the world. 
and uh, so I was going to be part of this uh, organization. I was very happy about it. Um, my father in, in my upbringing was from Trenton, New Jersey, uh, also a, an Army veteran of World War II. Um, he was involved with boxing, and um, so I said, you know, I'm my own man. I'm not going to do what my dad did. I'm, I'll go with Sears, and I'll make my own career. Um, however, uh, it didn't take real long for me to find out I hated the corporate world, uh, wearing a suit and tie every day and listening to the, uh, uh, the administration uh, from Chicago tell me what to do uh, in New Jersey and New York. Um, wasn't exciting. However, the salary was very good. Uh, I ended up working uh, at one of the stores and, and running the store. Uh, so everything was good, but I just did not like what I was doing. So I called my dad one day and I said, get me involved with boxing. I'm going to be a volunteer or, a, you know, a, as an amateur, I'll be an official, a referee, judge, anything. But I, I want a hobby. So um, I got involved with, uh, as a referee and a judge. Uh, and, I, and I found out that it was difficult to be a, a fair um, judge because I liked all the fighters. I would get the kids, pick them up, bring them to the fights and hang out with them and bring them out uh, to get something to eat afterward. And so it was very, very difficult to judge. So I went into the administration end of it. I eventually became the, the president of amateur boxing in New York. And I was the, um, the national director for the Junior Olympic program for a couple of years. Uh, that's headquartered in Colorado Springs, which is our Olympic center. And it's the developmental uh, program. So I'm doing all this and having a lot of fun uh, as a volunteer and still uh, collecting my salary from, from Sears. Um, but because I was the president of amateur boxing, I had the opportunity to go to all the gyms and, and circulate and uh, just do what a president does. You pass the, uh, the new regulations on, talk to people, stuff like that. One day I was in, uh, in um, uh, Gleason's when it was in Manhattan, and the uh, owner at the time, his name was Ira Becker, and I was just shooting the breeze, having a cup of coffee, and Ira mentioned that he was looking for a partner. I said, Ira, don't look any further. Uh, you found one. And the next day I went back to Sears and I resigned. I took my profit sharing and bought 50% of the company. And then unfortunately in 1994, Ira passed away and I became the sole owner of, of Gleason's. Gleason's is an institution in the boxing world and now has even turned into a tourist attraction and has been visited by celebrities, the Prime Minister of Canada, and has even been in some movies. Uh, and, and Gleason's has uh, a great reputation. Gleason's actually started in 1937, and it's currently the oldest active boxing gym in, in the country. Uh, the, we've trained uh, 134 world champions. Uh, Jake LaMotta was our first champion, but this is the place where Muhammad Ali trained. He actually started with, was known as Cassius Clay. Uh, Mike Tyson has been here. Uh, uh, when you uh, pan the room, you see all the pictures on the wall. These are all champions that have trained out here. Uh, currently, there are, are six champions here. So it's a very uh, well-known gym in, in boxing circles. It's probably uh, one of the, uh, the top gyms around the world. Um, and it's, it's just a fun place to be. Uh, in, in addition to doing uh, boxing, which you would say, well, of course you're going to do boxing, it's a boxing gym. Uh, we have done uh, 26 movies. Uh, four of the movies have won Academy Awards. Um, we do uh, commercials and, and television shoots, uh, bar mitzvahs, uh, uh, weddings, everything. People like to use the, the Gleason's gym in this type of a macho setting. and. Uh, it's an old gym, uh, it looks old, and I keep it that way for all the uh, productions that we do up here. But everything is, is very good and is usable, um, but it's fun. 
Um, I have this ambiance, is what I call it. Uh, you know, some other people might say it's a little gritty, but uh, it, it's just the ambiance that uh, that keeps the gym uh, going. Tour, uh, tour buses stop here. We're a tourist attraction. Um, this area, which uh, that I'm located in Brooklyn, is called Dumbo. Uh, that stands for Down Under the Manhattan Bridge Overpass, and the area is a tourist attraction. So uh, I get a double whammy. Not only do the buses come here and stop, but the tourists come into the area and they come over and they see the signs on the on the window and the pictures and uh, numerous numerous people come in here every day from around the world. Uh, it's exciting to be here. Uh, we not only train the, the good uh, boxers, um, but I have uh, uh, politicians that come in here, uh, actors and actresses, celebrities of all type. Uh, we had uh, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, uh, was in Gleason's uh, training uh, not long ago. Um, so it's a, it's a fun place to be, it's a popular place, and um, uh, I think I made a very, very good decision when I left the Sears and, and bought the gym. As I said, this is a tourist area, and it's, it's great to be here in Brooklyn, it's great to be here in, in Dumbo, but we weren't always here. Uh, the gym started back in 1937, and the original location was in the Bronx, New York. And it was in the Bronx from 1937 to 1974, and then Bobby Gleason, who was the original owner, uh, lost the lease, and the building that we were in was torn down and they turned it into a housing project. Uh, so Bobby relocated the gym uh, from the Bronx to Manhattan. Uh, we were at the uh, corner of 30th and 8th Avenue, uh, and we were on the first floor. It was the first gym uh, in, in New York City that was a first floor walk-in, and um, it was great to be there. Uh, we were there for 10 years, from 1974 to 1985, uh, and it was when it was in uh, Manhattan that I became the, uh, the uh, owner. Um, then after 10 years, we lost our lease. Um, the building that we were in, which was a 17-story uh, high-rise, uh, was completely vacant for 10 years. Finally, it was sold, and the owner came in and said, listen, uh, we like you guys, you're great tenants, however, you're too noisy for the, for the building. Uh, people on the 17th story uh, uh, could hear the, uh, the vibrations and the noise from our speed bags uh, down on the first floor. So uh, we scrambled, and uh, we were looking around. It's 1985, there was a recession going on. Um, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we were looking everywhere we could in Manhattan to stay in Manhattan and couldn't find what we wanted. So we were approached by a developer, a fellow by the name of David Walentis, who was uh, uh, the developer for this area. It wasn't Dumbo at the time. There was uh, no one here. It was uh, a desolate area between the two bridges, the Manhattan Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, no streets, uh, no sidewalks. Uh, it was used for some, mil uh, some movies. Uh, and in real life, there were uh, some murders down here. Uh, a lot of prostitution was going on. Uh, we were in an epidemic for crack. So it was a, a very desolate and, and, uh, and not such a nice area. Uh, but Walentis brought us over and showed us what he was going to do and what his plans were. Um, the uh, reason why we came over was not because it was going to develop into a, a nice neighborhood known as Dumbo. Uh, it was because the rent was dirt cheap. He gave it to us at a, less than a bargain because we were there was nobody here. We were his only tenant. So uh, we came over, and um, uh, since I have a little monopoly on boxing, all the fighters followed me over here. Uh, and it was a time when, when businessmen and then women and children started to come into, uh, into boxing. And we would advise everyone, be very careful when you come over here, uh, particularly at sundown. You know, you don't want to come over. It's a nasty area. But we, we survived. And um, I have to say that everything the developer said, uh, this young, young uh, man, 
David Walentis came true. Uh, Dumbo is now ranked the fourth wealthiest neighborhood in the entire city, including Manhattan. Uh, and we are fortunate we've uh, uh, really ridden the, uh, the uh, reaps of what he has done for us. And so the area has, has become terrific. Um, the gym is a hot area. We have all these tourists that now come in. Uh, so I'm, I'm very happy. Gleason's Beyond Everything They're Known For does something else that's very cool. They've partnered with the local VA Medical Center to offer boxing training for veterans. Um, so we, we've been here uh, for about 14 months in this location. Um, and just prior to moving, about a year uh, before moving, uh, my wife approached me and she said, why don't I have a program for the veterans? I said, you're a veteran and uh, we have other programs for, for people to come in here at no charge. And uh, she was just uh, insisting. Um, and I kept giving her lip service and, and nodding to her and said, okay, all right, fine. Uh, and then I got a call uh, from the VA hospital in, in Manhattan uh, from a fellow by the name of Jonathan. Um, he came over uh, to uh, talk to me about a program that they had. He and another doctor um, said that they're, they're looking for outreach places where, where the vets could come and, and train and uh, have a good time. Be another experience for them, another place where they can get their uh, mind cleared and, and uh, they thought that boxing would be a, a good spot. And it was like perfect. You know, I, was, I, I needed a reason to appease my wife and, and Jonathan uh, Glassberg uh, came over and, and gave me the, the light. Uh, so that night I went home and I told my wife how happy she was and, and um, it's a terrific program. Uh, the veterans have to be referred through Jonathan uh, Glassberg at the VA hospital in Manhattan. Uh, he gives them a, a medical clearance and anybody that he sends over here is allowed to train for free. They get a free membership. They can come in seven days a week uh, from five o'clock in the morning to uh, 10 at night and work out. We'll provide all the equipment for them. Um, and certainly uh, any, uh, any help that we can give them. Uh, two days a week, I actually provide a trainer for them. I pay for the trainer. Uh, the vets can come in and get training uh, on two days and learn the basics of, of the sport of boxing. Um, and then they can come in the rest of the week and practice that on their own, or they can, they can actually hire a trainer on their own if they would like to. But the membership into the gym is free. Uh, we have fellows from all the services here. Uh, we have a lot of women uh, uh, vets as well and it, they just assimilate in. You can't tell who they are. Okay, if you uh, look out my door when you go panning the, uh, the gym a little bit later, uh, everybody looks the same. Everybody's sweating out there. Uh, you don't know who's a, uh, an executive from Wall Street making uh, gobs of money, uh, who's from the projects with very limited money, who's a fireman, who's a doctor, who's a policeman, who's a veteran. Uh, everybody just uh, melds into one another and, uh, and trains the same and, and gets along. And so it's a, it's a really great environment here and it's something that, um, that the veterans um, enjoy very, very much. Uh, there's no, uh, no pressure on them. Nobody looks at them and asks them any questions. They just come in here and, um, and use the facility to, uh, to their benefit. You know, hitting those heavy bags uh, and speed bags uh, is a great release. Uh, not only for the veterans, but for everyone else that's in here. The, the wives come in and put their husband's or their boss's name up on some of those bags and, and beat them up. Uh, some of the, uh, the fellows from Wall Street come in here from the frustrations of the day and, and uh, being on the top floor, everybody's afraid to talk to them or nervous to go uh, uh, approach them. Here, nobody knows who they are, nobody cares who they are. 
and uh, so they get along. And it, it's, um, it's a great melting pot where the executives meet people from the lower socioeconomic areas uh, and realize what great people they are and, and how dedicated they are and how they can work for them in their companies. And the people from your lower socioeconomic areas come in and maybe meet people at the top of their of their game, whether it's in uh, in media or in uh, in uh, real estate or Wall Street or whatever it might be. So it's uh, it's a melting pot, and everybody finds out that uh, we're just people, and everybody can get along, and, and it's a great thing. And uh, the more the veterans uh, come over, um, the more they spread the word for us. Uh, I don't have a big media um, or, or or marketing program. So Jonathan from the hospital uh, sends out flyers, I send out flyers, I go to the hospital and, and uh, uh, address uh, whoever they can uh, get together for me to speak to, <clears throat> and we get everybody over here, but they're all welcome, and uh, it's not a recruiting program where I'm looking for fighters, it's a recruiting program where people can come in here and use the uh, gym to their advantage. You know, so I, I say that everybody comes in here and they mix together. It's, it's a melting pot and everybody uh, enjoys themselves. Uh, but the veterans do add uh, to the program here. Uh, again, I have, I have all types here. Uh, I have uh, Israelis that are training with Palestinians. I have blacks and whites. I have every type of combination that you can think of. And so to throw in uh, these great veterans of ours uh, in the mix uh, is, is very beneficial to me. And I see, uh, I see it out there. Um, because a, a boxing gym is, a, is social. Everybody knows one another, everybody talks to one another. Uh, I have very limited uh, uh, turnover. I have people that have been with me over 30 years. And uh, in our, all the conversations, you know, a veteran talks about uh, uh, himself and what he's done. Um, and the veterans are heroes. You know, they're fighters. You know, I, 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 I'm a fight gym. Uh, and we have world champions. We had 134 world champions. Plus, we have others that come in here and train and work out. So this is a, a gym for competition. This is a gym uh, for fighters. <laughs> our veterans are fighters, okay? They're, they're our number one fighter. They're better than, uh, than any of the guys I have in the ring. Uh, so they're accepted up here, and, and culturally, they, they add quite a bit to the gym. Military service has led Bruce to effectively operating a world-renowned boxing gym and has given him the opportunity to give back to veterans. In, in conclusion, I, I'd like to say that uh, my time in the service has, has been uh, very beneficial. Uh, I am a college graduate. Um, what I learned in school uh, really has nothing to do with working at a, at a boxing gym. Uh, it didn't have a whole lot to do with working at, at Sears Roebuck either, uh, you know, but it's a way to get an education, a way to people to, uh, to improve and get the, a good starting uh, point uh, at their first job. Um, but the military, um, you know, b being an officer, you have to deal with people, a, a variety of people, and you have to know how to uh, uh, make them work together uh, in, a, in a united front. Uh, and that's what I do. Okay, that's what I have to do up here. I have 92 trainers. I have 1,100 and some uh, members uh, in, in uh, addition to uh, a staff of people and, and 92 trainers. I have to make it work. I have to make this, this machine uh, uh, work uh, as efficiently as possible. So my background in, in the military um, is used much more than my uh, education. Bruce's story with Gleason's is an amazing one, but the part of this story that we found most admirable the offering of free training to veterans involves several characters. Enter Jonathan Glassberg, the VA employee that helped develop this program with Bruce. 
One of the things of my adaptive sports domain is trying to find community partners, uh, people who really want to work with veterans to get them integrated into society. And we've had wild success. A place like this, Gleason's Gym, they reached out to us actually and said, how can we help veterans? And I said, I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, and what we do, we sign a memorandum of understandings. Uh, it's kind of a document just saying what we'll provide. We'll provide medical clearance and an avenue to recruit veterans to come to your program, and you'll provide your services and what you have to offer. And uh, we've had wild success with many community partners at this point. This is one of my favorites. I didn't get a call directly from Bruce. It was actually a trainer. A trainer named Mark uh, was very interested in helping veterans and asked how we could do it, and he brought Bruce in, and we had a, a meeting within a week of our first contact. I brought some uh, one of my partners from work, came down here, we met with them, and we said, we'll get it. Within three weeks, we had a program going. So that's how motivated they were, and we were happy to be a part of it. Starting a program like this to help our veterans get into the community activities, uh, the first thing you generally do is have a kickoff event. So Bruce, myself, and the trainers, planned a kickoff event. Uh, pizza, we had someone volunteer pizza to donate pizza. Um, we had a bunch of trainers here to show what they could do training-wise, and I promoted it to our veterans at the hospital. Um, our uh, media service the hospital was a great help. We made a poster, and we blew it up large. I put it, they, our administration let me put it in the, in the lobby. I reached out to veterans I knew, and next thing you know, we have 20 uh, veterans here checking out what the gym actually has to offer. And that's the way it starts. And it's nice to have an event. Everyone likes an event, but what's even more important is the follow-through. Uh, and that's what Gleason's has to offer too. He, Bruce made it clear right away, he will offer twice a week training for free for veterans to do boxing training, boxing exercise training. And that's where the real progress is made by the continuing to do it. We've had a couple of kickoff events just to spur more interest, but it's the follow through. It's the twice a week sessions that really is more important. Each veteran that participates has to be cleared and VA emphasizes that this is about training, not fighting. In our memorandum of understanding, the first thing that gets done is you get medical clearance. So the veterans usually contact me first because we don't want veterans to come in who may have unstable medical conditions. So what we've uh, created is a template for their primary care physicians or another qualified physician to fill out. It's called Adaptive Sports Medical Clearance. And there's a bunch of checkoffs. Uh, asked about their cardiovascular health, any other kind of issues we should be worried about. And once they have that clearance, that clearance lasts for a full year, they're ready to get into the program. Through the medical clearance process, we actually take care to take into account people's physical and maybe psychological issues as well. Uh, traumatic brain injuries are one of the hallmark injuries of our, current, uh, of our current wars, so we have to take that into account. Our training here involves exercise training, learning boxing skills, but not necessarily any contact with the head. So we take great care to realize this is exercise training and learning boxing skills but not contact with the head, because we don't want to promote or exacerbate anyone's uh, TBI-like symptoms. Boxing is just another way that veterans are using sports to their benefit. The benefits that, that the veterans are telling me about really fall into what the studies have shown about the benefits of adaptive sports. Camaraderie, getting to do a helpful activity outside of the hospital, outside of the house, in the community. 
seeing the other veterans, people you have something in common with, and doing something healthy together. Um, the benefits have been, they expound upon the benefits, and they really enjoy the program as well. What I do when I tell people about these adapting sporting programs, especially this one, is that there are studies which show very basically that veterans with disabilities who participate in adaptive sporting events have improved quality of life. Period. It's kind of a simple way to put it. You have improved quality of life. How is that measured? There's many different measures of quality of life, but these people that participate and follow through with these programs have improved quality of life. And so once I put it succinctly like that, it really resonates. One of the veterans that takes advantage of this program is Marine Corps veteran Nehemiah Williams. Uh, I found out uh, through a friend, and he told me, he, you know, he referred me, he told me to hey, go see, you know, Jonathan Glasper. He's going to, you know, give you permission. He's going to evaluate you and then get signed off. You come and train at this gym. And I was like, you know, sounds too good to be true. So like, I don't have anything to lose. So I went and took the step forward. And um, now I'm here. <laughs> Nehemiah uses his time at the gym to become proficient with his skills and to better himself mentally. It's an escape. Uh, it's an escape from problems maybe that affect me outside of the boxing gym, you know. I'm sure a lot of vets get out. They got, you know, a lot of stuff they go through, a lot of stuff they might not talk about. And so this is like my escape. You know, I can come here, I can unleash on a bag for a couple hours, and I can go home to my family. You know? So when I walk in, um, I'm, I kind of, I kind of, everything that might have affected me before coming in, or anything that might have bothered me, or just anything in general, I leave it outside. I come in here and I, I focus on training. I try to focus on the bag, focus on what I'm doing, because that's how I'm gonna get better. I can't, I can't allow other, 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 you know, uh, things to really affect me while I'm training, because then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be proficient. So I block that out. I come here and train, and then when I leave, I leave with. Uh, better attitude, you know. Okay, cool, I train, I'm exhausted, you know, I feel great, all right. You know, and then now, it's, you know, day by day, take it day by day, so. It's, it's never easy, I mean, it's always gonna be a struggle every day. It's always a struggle, you know. But every day you gotta get 1% better. Every day, get 1% better. So if yesterday I, you know, uh, kicked my door open, or, you know, t next, tomorrow I'm not gonna kick my door open. I'm gonna try not to do that, you know, so. Every, there's always flaws, but every day you want to get one percent better. You want to try to, you want to try to contain it as much as possible because it's always going to be there. It's a part of you. You know, you can't you can't run from it. You just got to accept it and then learn how to contain it. Turn it on, turn it off. I feel like everybody has, and Mike Tyson said this: a hero and a coward in them, right? And what makes you the hero is what you what you what you do in times when it's when it, when it gets tough. What do you do? Do you do you run away? Or do you, do, you, do you stay and fight? And I think everybody has that in them, and everybody has the ability to bring that, bring that hero out of them. It's all about here, because 90% of it is right here. You can control this, you can control this. And so I think, you know, that's what it comes down to, the mental aspect of it. Sean Kramer, another Marine, came to the Big Apple to challenge himself and was introduced to the program through another veteran. You don't feel, it's a big city, a lot of different people, and you're really, it's really hard to find somebody who's you know, exactly like you or anything like that. It's not like you're being stationed, it's not like you're at the barracks or anything like that anymore, you know? Or you're at your small town where everybody, you know, all of your views are you know, pretty much more or less the same. You know, it's very different. And so sometimes the city can feel like, like a really lonely place. You know, so many people, but so many different 
perspectives, opinions, and so on, and you have your own. So whenever you bump it in like another veteran, just in math class or something like that, you know, it's a good feeling. And then knowing that, you know, he boxes and he tells you about this place to go box at, and there's this awesome trainer, his name's David Murray, and you can do all this stuff for free at this world-renowned boxing gym, you know, right here in Brooklyn. You know, it's no better news, so. Sean finds that his training serves as a form of self-awareness. Mm, I guess it depends on my day, you know? Uh, depends on how I walk in. Depends, you know, but I usually always walk out the same. I always walk out, If I mean, if I came in, like, annoyed, frustrated, um, you know, confused, I couldn't concentrate, or I just felt scatterbrained. I mean, like I said, you know, the that's why I love coming here, is just because your reflexes demand your attention, and so you know you're having like a really annoying or busy or, you know, fussy day whenever you're just hitting the speed bag and then you keep on screwing it up. And then that's what, it's kind of like a good snappy reminder to like, hey, you know, something's obviously on your mind if you keep on messing this up. You do this a hundred times a day. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things, counting the repetitions, you know, it's just less on your mind, more output from your body. And it feels good, you know, because it brings you clarity. It's like a sort of meditation or, adrenaline therapy you know and so I think that's why a lot of veterans in general love different kinds of adrenaline therapy because it demands you to be in the now and not on the past not you know thinking about the future you know you, you can't make new photographs whenever you're looking back on old ones or skepticizing new ones so I think it's just you leave with ultimate contentness just like you do you know any other sort of uh, you know healthy or you know hobby or anything like that but the difference is over here is that you know veterans get for free like many veterans using sports as therapy sean recommends it to his fellow vets well to a veteran who is wanting some sort of release or some sort of outlet i would just say i mean even if boxing isn't your thing you know if physical activity or whatever if you come over here and you just try it out Come in with an open mind, you know, give it a go, then you will just be surprised and not what you thought coming in versus what you thought going out, but just how you felt coming in versus how you felt going out. And there's a really distinct difference between those two because you can rearrange your prejudices and your thoughts, but it's really hard to deny that, damn, that felt really damn good, you know? David Murray is the trainer that works with the veterans. He guides them through a series of exercises and drills to boost their physical fitness. Yeah, the vets come in in the morning and they talk a little bit and then they'll, we, uh, they'll come in, it might be a little cold outside, so we'll warm up a little bit and then they'll do, basically do some stretches, legs, arms, things like that. And then we'll start them out on a speed bag because that's a little lightweight, that's hand-eye coordination that warms up the shoulders. And then we'll, after that, we'll do the heavy bag you know, like punch a little hard. By then they're warmed up. Uh, you don't want to do the heavy bag first because you'll be cold, you'll hurt your muscles. You do the speed bag first, you warm up the body. And then we'll take them in the ring and they'll have gloves on and I'll have these little paddles, handles with pads. And we'll, they'll swing at the paddles and I'll swing at them. And it's, it's not fighting, but it has the effect of fighting. And we'll do that for three rounds. And then uh, when we're done, we'll do, with the, there's something called the crazy bag, which is a double-ended bag, similar to the speed bag. And then when they're done, uh, they'll jump some rope, push up sit-ups. David also sees the emotional and mental benefits that the veterans experience while they're training and the appreciation shown to them from around the gym. It, it, they feel uh, like we're their friend, you know, like uh, they come in and we talk and laugh and joke. And uh, you'll, get, you'll get one guy that really comes in, he, he adapts to it, he adjusts, he loves the cardiovascular, how he feels strong and energetic. 
and then there might be three vets who really don't pick up on it, they, and you don't see them again, and there'll be another vet. And over the year, you'll have a dozen people that are really hardcore, and you lost a, do a couple dozen, but you know, some people just aren't really meant for boxing. And, uh, but the vets, the ones that are here, here now, they're, they like it, and it's, they stay in good shape. Yeah, like after a couple of weeks, they really start getting in better shape. Like cardiovascular work, like if, you, if I chase them around the ring for 20 minutes, their heart's pumping. Cardiovascular, the heart, uh, I used to work in the hospital, the cardiology department. The heart would pump blood to the lungs, get the oxygen from the lungs, bring it back to the heart, pump it up to your brain. And then after the next day, you have thousands of bubbles in your brain of oxygen, and you feel energetic and strong. And after a few weeks, they start getting used to that. Then it's, you don't need to smoke or do drugs or alcohol. Your, your drug is the exercise. And they feel energetic and strong because uh, they're getting in good shape, you know. Uh, but they really like it. They, they, they latch on. And then you'll get a few that like to talk to the other guys. You'd think sometimes the vets like to talk all the time about veteran things, but some of them don't because there's some bad memories. I don't talk about that. I don't talk about anything they did before the today. I come in, hey, how's your day? Oh, you had, did, you have, did you see the new McDonald's down the street? Oh, that's pretty good. Hey, that's a nice shirt you got. We only talk about present day because if you start going to the back, bad memories, you know, they start to get a little upset. I never talk about the past. Now, if they want to mention it, we'll say fine. But a lot of times, even the two vets are standing there, they have a million war stories, they're talking about McDonald's or they're talking about exercise. They're talking about Triple G. So that old war story stuff, that you don't hear that too much of that. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of, we have about 1,200 uh, customers, trainees, and a lot of them will, uh, they know the vets. Oh, this guy's from the Army, this guy's from the Marines, this guy's, and uh, they come around, they, they get to know them, and a few of the trainees say, hey, thank you for serving your country, you know. Most of the veterans in this program are also using their GI Bill to get their education. Troy Powell, an Air Force veteran, is attending college, training at Gleason's, and taking advantage of other activities available. Uh, yes, I go there for medical. Also, uh, I go to City College under the post-9-11 GI Bill. And I also fence from the Veterans Adaptive Sports Program. There's a at the Fencers Club on 28th Street. And I sail at um, Chelsea Pierce all through the VA. And there's a bunch of stuff I haven't even gotten around to yet. Troy pushes himself at the gym and appreciates the camaraderie he gets training with the other veterans. I try to leave here tired. You know, like, if I leave here and I'm not fatigued, then I feel like I, I jip myself, you know? So, basically, I, I usually try to smoke myself, but being here is good mentally because there's a release, and there's a release that we, that I always had in the military, being in the type of job that I had, you know, we trained hand-to-hand -hand combat, we shot guns, we blew stuff up. So, you know, there was not much really pissed me off when I was in the military, but coming back into civilian life, the transition and going to school and, and trying to blend mesh in with the, the civilians, you know, sometimes it gets stressful and sometimes you, sometimes you can't vent the same way you can vent in the military. Our last veteran is Steve Camilo. He's been with the program for a couple years. He boxed in the Army and had a tough time transitioning. He views his relationship with the other veterans at Gleason's like being back in his unit. When I found out about this program, um, I used to do boxing in the Army. And um, once I got out, I was like depressed and, you know, I didn't really have that much friends, you know. And um, I saw this flyer and the first thing I saw was free. And I was like, all right, free 99. 
all right, I'm gonna bite. I'm gonna see what it, they had fencing. I was like, I don't wanna do fencing. They had uh, karate, I said, I don't wanna do karate. And uh, I saw boxing and I said, I'm interested in it. I called the number and I didn't call the number actually. I came down here and I met Coach Dave and he told me what I had to do, get the paper. And I've, I've been here for like two years now. I was shocked because I, you know, in New Yorker, I was a Tyson, my Tyson fan. I loved Riddick Bowl. Macho Camacho, Roy Jones Jr., Lennox Lewis, uh, the Jack Dempsey speed bag that's over there. I was like, oh, it was just like, wow. And then when I walked in here, it was just, uh, they made me feel at home. Uh, no one judged me. Everybody here was just, everybody greeted me like I was part of the team. And I, that's what I that's what I miss is that camaraderie. And that's what Lisa shows me. It gave me like an extra bop in my step. Um, I was real sad that I got out the army. Because, you know, once you got out, you don't really have that camaraderie anymore and that you don't have that first-line supervisor you can call, contact and uh, he'll tell you everything. And, um, and once I came here, uh, Bruce was a, a fellow veteran himself and he made me feel at home. And Don, the guy at the front door, he was a fellow veteran. And I thought Coach Murray was a veteran, but he really wasn't. So he, it's just how he talked. He made me feel like I was back in the Army. He talked like a drill sergeant. And uh, I met Matt, who's not here, and, and Sean. I know Sean through school. And I, put, I told Sean to come here, and then it just started becoming more fun. I felt like I was back in the unit again, because we were saying jokes that we understand, and I, I developed good bonds with, like, Nehemiah and Sean, and, um, you know, other veterans that came through, such as Troy. And it's just, it's just, it's just like, we got to make it today. It's like our unit. We got to be here. If we're not here, we, we miss each other, you know? I hope you enjoyed meeting Bruce Silverglade, Jonathan from VA, David the trainer, and the veterans that are training at Gleason's and learning uh, about Bruce's story, about Gleason's, and about this wonderful program that they have offered to veterans. This is something that can be replicated in other communities. Contact your local VA to see what sort of activities that they may be partnered with that you can take advantage of. We'll be back on Friday with episode 101 on our way through the next 100 episodes. Hope everybody has a wonderful day. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off.